Hey, good morning, friends. This is Jake. Uh, I don't know if you can see down here, but I've got my uh, microphone. Microphone, yeah. It's 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 been one of those mornings. I just want to start off by saying real quick that if you have children in this pandemic, you you should be paid a billion dollars because this is brutal, brutal on parents. Okay. Um, wow. I've already. I feel like I've been up. I get up early to write and everything, and I. I um, I feel like I've already had like four four days already before the days even started. So um, I just want to offer that to you. If you're needing grace this morning as a parent, which I do, so maybe subconsciously I'm asking for your grace. Uh, good Lord, I love you. I see you. I feel you. You're not alone. You're doing a great job. The fact that you're still alive right now is incredible. So well done. Uh, keep up the good work. Well, I wanted to talk about the top regret of the dying this morning, and don't worry, this will be a positive uh, conversation. But it is important. It's important that we um, look at this, even though it may be uncomfortable, and it is an uncomfortable uh, thing to talk about death. I certainly, uh, even growing up, I was always, you're very scared of death, you know, when grandparents die, especially um, you know, the ones that you feel really close to, it's very, uh, intense. Maybe you've lost someone recently that's close to you. So, um, death is scary. And, uh, our, our culture, we kind of treat death, uh, we don't really talk about it. Uh, there's not, not, there's other cultures out there that talk a lot about death. Um, they handle death way differently. Uh, you know, we, we, we distance ourselves from it in our American Western culture. And uh, because we don't like to talk about it, uh, it, it becomes a little more scary than I think it actually has to be. I think death is a very uh, natural thing. I think if anybody's ever been with anybody that has uh, passed away, then you've probably had a very spiritual experience. I know that there's people in my family who've talked of this. There's other people who have talked with this. But that's really what this conversation is about. And this conversation is about um, the top regret of the dying. So there was a lady named Bronnie Ware, and she was an Australian nurse. And I'm just looking at my notes, that's what I'm doing. So, And she spent several years working in palliative care. So it's kind of like the hospice world. And uh, she was caring. And so the, she was kind of with these people at the end of their life. And they know. They know when they're going into... Sorry, I'm going to get off Wi-Fi because this thing is killing me. Okay, let's try this again. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. Wi-Fi issues. It's just one of those days you got to push through. So anyways, so Bronnie was an Australian nurse, and she was spending all this time with these people who were at the end of their life. They knew that they were at the end of their life. They were in palliative care, so they're going there to die. And so she was sitting with them and spending time with them, and caring for them, but they were having conversations. They were having organic, natural conversations. And what she started to realize was that these people would really start to open up to her, probably more so than even their own family, about the regrets that they had. Uh, and, and, and what she started to realize, but they were actually pretty common. And so the people would come, they would come to die, they would pass away. But she started taking notes, and she started this blog about this experience. And the, and the uh, blog was called Inspiration and Chai. And uh, it got so much attention that she eventually kind of put her observations into the book. And so that's where we get the top five regrets of the dying. Now, that's a great book. You should definitely check it out. Um, I love uh, the way that she writes. She's very caring. She's a deeply spiritual person. It's a wonderful person just to listen to in general. But I want to talk about the top regret because it has a lot to do with how we live today, how we live tomorrow, and how we live for the rest of our lives. And the top regret of the dying, the number one, 
is I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the lives others expected of me. So this is Bronnie's, uh, Bronnie's words here. Uh, this was the most common regret of all. When people realize that their life is almost over and look back clearly on it, it is easy to see how many dreams have gone unfulfilled. Most people had not honored even half of their dreams and had to die knowing that it was due to the choices they had made or not made. And she says, health brings a freedom very few realize until they no longer have it. And that's a that's a hard thing to swallow, um, but I want to walk you through why it's okay, why we all do this, and how to move past it. Uh, and so she, she says that really, as these people get closer to the end of their life, they have phenomenal clarity of vision, and uh, we can learn from their wisdom. And so I want to walk through this regret, because this is really important. First off, uh, shame is prevalent in our culture. Uh, shame is everywhere, so everything I do is anti-shame. So this is not a uh, shaming conversation. This is actually hopefully to alleviate any shame that uh, you may have about not pursuing the life that you uh, want to live, have, having dreams that are unrealized. This is not about uh, making you feel guilty for that. This is giving you hope and inspiration that you can actually do it in a safe way. So you know, the one thing I want to say is that um, the key portion of this regret, obviously the first part is important, but the question is, is why? So, like, why are all these people, at the end of their lives, having this one solitary regret? And I think the answer is found on the second half of the regret. And so the first part is, I wish I'd had the courage to live the life others uh, that I wanted for myself. But then the caveat comes. Not the others, not the life others expected of us. And so this is a clue. This is a clue that the reason why we don't live lives that are true to ourselves, the reason why we don't have courage to live the lives that are true to ourselves is because we want to live the life that others expect of us. And so this is the key point, and this this should release a lot of shame, and this should release a lot of pressure to live the lives that others expect of you, um, especially when people are talking about they, they didn't have, they didn't live half of their dreams out loud. So what we forget when we live lives for others, or in other words, we take on who they think, who we think they want us to be. That, that's really what these people are saying. It's like, people thought I should be this way, and people that I valued, so I decided to live that way, and that's the regret. But what we have to remember is that when we start to live life for others, we have to be very careful and realize that what we're talking about is we're talking about their judgments about us. Okay, that's a massive caveat because it's not like they have all the answers and it's not like they even know. They don't know. It's a judgment. People's expectations of you and the life that you should live is a judgment. They are judging you based off of their own backstories, based on their own life experience, and based off their own woundings and feeling not enough. And like this is this is so prevalent in our culture. Like it's one of those things where it's like we feed this to each other. Some of us like, well, listen, like, and we're all afraid to be ourselves. And so if I can't be myself, then really I don't think anybody should be myself. So I'm going to judge you and tell you who I think you should be. And uh, you know, we all kind of have this safety armor that we walk around with. We don't want to talk about it. But we have this safety armor. We have this like, okay, so this is society's expectations of what it's like to be me. 
Um, so the, the, key, the key point to realize is that if you want to start to shift away from living a life that others expect of you, then quickly realize that the life that they are asking you to live is simply a judgment based on their own life experiences, their own backstories, and their own paradigms, their own thoughts, their own experience. So you're, you're putting a lot of value into somebody else's judgment of you. And this is, this is massive. Like, to realize that other people don't have the answers. Like, you just need to know that right now. Like, the people that you're trying to live for their approval, the people that are telling you to live a certain way, they don't have a clue what's going on. They don't. None of us do. But we all assume we do. So when we are afraid to step into our true selves, when we're afraid to speak up and say what we think, when we're afraid to go after the dreams, even if they sound absurd, it's because we're we're inevitably afraid that these people have the right answer and the right opinion of us, and we have the wrong opinion. But th- you have to shift this. And when you start to shift this, there's massive freedom here. And so the ways to move into this and to start getting some movement in your own life so you can steer away from this regret, like nobody wants to die with this regret. Like I, I, I would prefer, if all possible, to die with as little regrets as possible, to say, you know, hey, I... I, I, I was not perfect, I was not yada, 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 but I did try to be true to myself. And that's all this is. This is not about being famous or you know going out to some you know uh, spiritual retreat and never coming back to see your family. This is not what I'm talking about. And there's too much of that, if I'm honest. There's too much of people going on spiritual quests to, to go find themselves, and then they burn every relationship in their life. They burn all their family, and they, they treat everybody like shit because they're now these enlightened people. And, and that's not okay, and that's very tempting to do. But that's not how it works. So I want you. I want to walk you through a few things here to 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 help you actually avoid this regret. First off, is know everything. Everything has a risk. Life is a risk. Okay, like everything. There's no safety here. There is like safety is an illusion. So even playing it safe and and living a life that you think others people other people want you to live, that's risky. Like even even getting even even doing the the course that your your authority figure, whether it was a parent, whether it was a, a teacher that said this is how you live, whether it's a guru that you're listening to right now, by you adapting their philosophy, you're not avoiding risk. There is still risk embedded. There is there is risk in every decision that we make, and I think that it's important to realize that there's a lot of freedom there because you realize that people's judgment of you and their opinion of how you should live, you taking that on is not risk-free. <laughs> it has a massive risk. And the massive risk is, per the people that are dying, they're saying that when you take that risk, the, 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 the actual result of it is you have massive regrets because you didn't live the life that you wanted to live. So just know that like everything has risk. Life is risk. There is no safety. So even the things that you think are keeping you safe by not speaking up, by not being who you are, by not saying what you need, that has a risk. And once you realize that it all has risk, then you take a lot of power back. Number two, know that this is what we all fear. Like, this doesn't even have to be a regret. We all fear, we all feel that, you know, we're meant to be doing more. We're, we're meant to be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that back. It's not that we're meant to be doing more. It's, it's that we're supposed to be uh, more self-expressed. We all sense this. And we all fear that we're not doing it. And because we all fear it, we somehow unconsciously judge each other 
uh, and and project onto each other. So it's like all of all of us are so unhealthy in this. All of us are so scared to reveal who we really are, to reveal our weaknesses, to reveal the things about us that we feel. If people found out about us, they would stop loving us or they would distance themselves from us. Everybody feels this way. Right now, you feel it. Absolutely. You don't have to be dying to already have a sense that you could be living more true to who you are. You don't have to be dying. You're alive. You're experiencing it now. So, so there's enormous grace here to realize that even people that are massively successful have everything that you think that you want to have, have the following. What they inevitably end up doing is suffering from the same thing because guess what? If you build a following and you become famous, you're, you, you, you can't change because if you change and you start to alter your opinions, the people that follow you will leave you. So this never stops. We all feel this. So just know that everybody behind their secret armor, behind the things that they're putting up in front of you to say, you know, like, well, you know, I've got it all together. They don't. They don't have a clue. None of us have a clue, uh, especially now. So we should all at least take the 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 excuse right now to say, hey, like, I don't have it all together. I don't have a clue what's going on. I don't know what the next few months are going to look like. At least I'm being honest, and then you can be honest, right? So, like, we all are here together, but our fear of being our true selves actually creates judgment around, oh, well, I think that you should be this way because I'm, I'm too scared to step into who I am. So I'm going to tell you how you should be. So just know that. Number three, this is not your fault because this is what you were taught by everyone in your life. It's not your fault that you have a hard time being true to yourself. It's not your fault that you have a hard time checking in with yourself. It's not your fault that you have a hard time going after your dreams. Because listen, spirituality to me is the most beautiful thing on earth, period. Like I think we are spiritual beings here and living a human experience. But if I'm honest, and most of our culture and religions included have taught us at a very young age very young, and all the way up through those formative years, that who we are at our core is not only not good enough, it's actually, in fact, bad, or wrong, or with error. And if you don't think this has a massive impact on the way that you approach your life, then you're missing it, because it does. Because if you were told at a young age that something is wrong with you, your truest nature, your truest self, something is bad, like it has an error already built in. It's almost like you're a, you're a you're a computer that was created and you already have a virus in you. I mean, shit. How how in the how in the hell are you ever going to expect to be safe and and and, and unafraid to to say who you are and be who you are when the very first thing you're told is that, you know, there's an error in you, right? Like I know people who are well into their life that I've had intimate conversations with in a group setting that these people are older, they're massively successful. And they still have an, a mass amount of guilt and fear based off of some kind of religious system that they grew up in that infused them that they were wrong. And I, I just can't tell you and, and emphasize enough the psychological impact of believing as a child, as a perfect... I have two little girls, a six and a four-year-old, right? Like, I, I can't help but look at them and be like, you guys are perfect. Now, granted, part of the reason why... I was really upset this morning was because of one of them. But once that passes, you're like, you're you're born this perfect being. You're just a beautiful, they're so connected to God, to the universe. They're just so connected. You 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 but we 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 tell people early on in their life, some of us do, some of the some of the religions out there do, that there's something wrong with you. So you have to realize that you can't have guilt about not feeling confident, not feeling safe enough to step into who you are because it's not valued here. So it's not your fault. 
but it is your responsibility. Now, responsibility is is a tricky word because when I hear responsibility, when other people hear responsibility, it's like, listen, like, you know, take ownership of your life and by God, you know, uh, uh, take ownership of the mistakes that you've made and all this other kind of stuff. That's not the responsibility I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ability to respond. And so what I mean by that is that you've got this outer reality that you're living in, these rules, these paradigms, these thought structures and everything that you've kind of, you're believing now about yourself and about your ability to be who you are. And you have the freedom, you, you should take back the freedom. You should take back your freedom to respond how I want to live, right? So at the end of the day, you get to choose. And you, you can start choosing by realizing that the, the very people that you're, you're thinking have the answers for you and you're trying to live for them, remember the top regret is that they lived the life others expected them to do. Those people don't have a clue. <laughs> they don't have the answer. Like They have to live their own path. Their answer is coming from a mixed bag of life experience, of trauma, of all kinds of things. And so they're, they're kind of projecting their own version of that. And that's okay because we all do it. Hell, I do it. We all do it. And we have to own that. But the key is, is that you have the ability to respond, which is responsibility, to exactly how you want to live and who you want to be. And I want to say this as the last thing, because this is really, really important. This starts really, really small. Okay? So, like, we all have armor on. We all have, because, you know, if we've ever stepped out uh, and said something, you know, it's not like we haven't tried before. Maybe you, maybe you opened up to someone and it was not met well. So maybe you were like, listen, I have this dream and I just want to yada, yada, yada. And then bam, you know, you kind of got slapped, right? And that hurts. That shit hurts. And it hurts and it goes way down deep into the unconscious. And when that gets way down deep in the unconscious, you've got a problem. And so you have to realize that um, this starts really, really small. So you can't take all the armor off at once. So if you imagine living in a radius, like if you have your safe radius around you, like an inch off of you, then just think about extending it. A, a couple inches off. And what that means is, is think about taking, um, being a little bit more honest, uh, with yourself. This all starts internally, by the way. That's why I talk so much about the inner world. This is, this is, this is all about you talking to yourself and being honest with saying, yeah, I actually am feeling pretty angry about this. I actually do have something I want to say. I actually don't like this job. I actually would really like to say this in my relationships, but I'm worried that if I say it, then something's going to come back. This is, this is about you having that internal conversation first because it starts with you. And I want to say this. You need to be very careful. You know, uh, Margaret has a great uh, thing that she teaches on with this. It's like a circle of trust. You need to be careful that as you start to speak up and, and start to communicate your truth, that who you're doing that with is like tested as, tested as somebody that you can trust. Because what you don't want to do is start this process with someone that, you don't know if you can trust with your true self because that is a key caveat. Because if you start to to realize, I want to be who I am, and by God, I don't care who knows it. Oh, you do care. And when you say something and it comes back and it is not well received, or you say something with somebody that doesn't really have your best interest at heart and they shut it down, you, you will go so far back into your armor that it's going to be almost impossible to come out. So start really, really small. And maybe this is just kind of having some internal honesty. Maybe that's keeping a journal. I'm a massive, massive fan of keeping a journal. 
Um, and, uh, and, and it also starts small with being very careful with who you want to talk to about it. Because when you're just starting out and you're saying, okay, I'm really ready. I'm really ready to be a little bit more honest. I'm really ready to be a little bit more true to myself. Um, be very careful with who you bring into that circle. Because who you bring into that circle... Um, will have a massive impact on the success of you kind of coming out and being this person that you are. And oftentimes, we don't want to admit it, and I don't want to admit it, but I need affirmation from you. I, I need affirmation from my wife, from my kids, from people that I work with. You know, I, I need it, and and I know that. And I think we all need it because we're connected that way, and there's nothing dark or bad about that. But just realize that this is about you. This is not about you doing this so that then people will, then the new people, right? You see this pendulum swing all the time with people. Like they, they come from one place and then they swing over here to the other. So they, they still have this dualistic, uh, judgmental mindset, but now they're just on a different team, right? And that just goes to show you that there's not a lot of healing going on because healing, true healing, when you're with somebody that is completely in touch with who they are and they're completely honest, you feel so free around them because you know they're not judging you. And like when you can get around somebody like that, man, just like tef- you need to you need to get like Velcro on them. I have we have a few people in our lives that are like that, and and if I could just get around them at all, uh, it's like water. It's like water to a thirsty soul. So be true to yourself, and just start to work on that. And I'm going to be um, starting some things. I'm going to shift back over to Exhale with Jake. Uh, I still have the Creative Unblock with Margaret, but I'm going to start this own thing. I'm going to start developing some coaching stuff. I don't even like the word coaching if I can be honest, but really people need help. I needed help five years ago to, to move into this because you, when, you, when you're doing it alone, it feels hard and you really need somebody that's kind of been there and, 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 and have understood exactly how to do it. And sometimes it's just realizing like, hell, I don't even know where to start, which is where I was. I, I mean, I read so many books on who am I and what do I want? I can't even tell you for freaking years. And I knew it the whole time. I just wasn't ready to step into that honesty, that internal honesty. So it's about internal honesty. And again, start small, because uh, there are people in your life that don't even know, that, they, that could be supporting you right now, that could be infusing your life, that could even be uh, creating a massive amount of empathy for you, if you would just be a little more honest with how you're feeling. You'd be amazed. I'm still amazed. I really, men, God bless, guys, we are the worst at this. We won't go anywhere near a negative emotion. We won't go anywhere near a vulnerability. But I'm going to tell you, when you open up to someone from a vulnerable place and that affirmation comes in because you're not ostracized, you're not judged, and somebody actually steps in that with you, whether it's your wife or a friend, you will crumble because it's what you've been seeking this whole time and you realize that you've been doing a little more hiding than you probably realize. But I just want to say that today, that you can avoid this top regret of the dying without going out and, and, and taking massive risk or going out and saying, this is who I am, and this, that's not the route, because it's it comes internal, so it starts internal first. So just kind of micro-dose it uh, and realize that there is a true part of you. There is this part of you that uh, is is wanting to come out, is wanting to say things, and, and the fact that we don't value it, the fact that we hold it back, is what creates so many of our problems, our problems with our bodies, our problems with our relationships, because how can you be honest and have a relationship with someone else when there's this internal dishonesty going on? And again, this is, there's no guilt here. Hell, we all live with this. 
every single person you're going to be around today, they all have this secret. They all wish they could be a little bit more true to themselves. So resolve the guilt and just start to move into some grace to say, you know, I'm just going to start small. And that's really uh, a massive thing. Go check out that Bronnie Ware book, Top 5 Regrets of the Dying. It is a fantastic book. And, you know, it's okay to think about death. It's actually really healthy, in my opinion, to think about death because we get death so wrong. And I'll I'll finish with this because I don't want to go on a tirade about this. But we get death so wrong in our culture where we wait till people are dead and I think I said this the other day, where we tell them how much they mean to us. <laughs> or we, or like, isn't that absurd? Like, we give eulogies after you're dead. So you don't get any affirmation while you're living. But hey, when you're dead, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to really go all out. We're going to bring all your friends and family in and we're going to give you this unbelievable. Imagine if you could hear today what people would say about you if you passed away. Like, you, you can actually, that's, that's something to start writing right now. If you want to start getting clear on what you are and who you really are at your core, write your own eulogy. Like, that's a massive exercise. Like, just write it out and, and, and pretend like you're dictating, you're saying what people uh, would say about you, what you want people to say about you, right? That's the shift here. So instead of thinking about what other people want from you, what do you want them to say? That's how you avoid the top five of regret for the dying. You write your own eulogy now, and you'll be amazed. You'll be like, damn, I didn't realize. Like That's really what I want my life to be about. Because it gets really clear, as she says, when you're at the end of your life, things get really clear. Right now, they're complicated because you have time. You have the illusion of time. You have the safety of time. You have the illusion of someday, which is a very dangerous word. But when you get to the end of your life, things get really clear. And so you can get that clarity now by just simply taking some time today or tomorrow to just write your own eulogy. It's not dark. It's very healthy because it's going to give you a lot of clarity on how you want to be remembered versus how you think people want you to be remembered. Listen, I love you. I believe in you. I know exactly where you are. We're all in it together. Massive grace, no shame. And just start to work on this little bit by little bit. Something called the two-degree difference that I'm going to be talking about tomorrow, about how change actually happens. It's not this massive overnight process. I'm 36. I've been doing my Jake thing for 36 years, and I'm having to unlearn a lot of things about some things that I don't really identify with anymore, some things that I'm trying to step up in value. But that shit ain't going to happen overnight. I'm 36 years old. And if you're older, you got to realize this stuff is deep in there. But if you just start doing some of this work, you're going to be massively impacted by it. And it's and it's going to keep you from this top regret of the dying. I love you, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Take care. <laughs>